Informing America's farmers and ranchers. It's Adams on Agriculture. Produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Here's your host, Mike Adams. And hello, everyone. Welcome to Adams on Agriculture. Thank you for joining us and letting us be part of your day. I am in Decatur, Illinois, at the Farm Progress Show site. The Farm Progress Show will be coming up before you know it, August 27th through the 29th here in Decatur, Illinois. I was here just about a month ago. It was May 10th I was here, and at that point they had not planted anything. Well, obviously things are better now, but how much better? Well, we'll find out. As on our show today, we're going to talk with National Show's Director for uh, Farm Progress, Matt Youngman. We're going to talk with one of the host farmers for the Farm Progress Show, David Bricks. And we're very happy to say this is part of our Farm Progress Show preview series brought to you by Syngenta. An Acuron corn herbicide from Syngenta. Upgrade your herbicide to Acuron. Always read and follow all label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. With us is Blake Miller, Syngenta Agronomy Service Representative for Illinois. So we have lots to talk about. And, Matt, I'm going to turn to you and say it does look better than a month ago. At least uh, you, you got things planted. It's up. Not as high as you would like for it to be, but at least you have uh, crops growing. Yeah, I, I can't take any of the credit that's you know you'll talk to david here in a minute that a lot of work by the host farmers to get everything everything put in place mother nature finally agreed with us we we ended up at plan c on the on the maturities i know when we were here uh talking on the 10th and i think we all sat down after that and came up with what we were going to do next and got the corn in the ground i think all of it went in the ground on may 17th 17th and and 18th yep so we got it all in on those two days and and then since then some of the some of the parking lots have been uh, been seeded, uh, you know. So e- everything in terms of, of being able to put a crop in the ground that we're going to need for the show in August is in place. I say this all the time, but you know, farmers are dealing with tremendous stress this year more than ever because of conditions. But I said, imagine if you were needing to harvest the last week of August. Think of the stress then, and that's what you're facing. Yeah, you know, I, I sure hope this means that we're going to have great crowds because I think the, you know, the crop is late and, and you know, I'm not sure that the farmers are going to have a lot else to do other than get out of the house and, and get rid of some of the, you know, cabin fever and, and, and come to the show. But, uh, you know, the, the show is shaping up to be great. There's a there's probably never been so much construction going on in terms of big construction projects inside the show site as what we've got going this summer. Yeah, we'll look forward to hearing more about that in a bit. All right, David Bricks, uh, tell us about uh, getting this crop planted. You, like so many, well, many haven't been able to plant at all still, so you were fortunate there that the weather did g- give you a window finally. Yeah, that's, that's what this planting season was all about was windows. You know, there was you know, two or three days here, even though I don't think there was probably less than 20%, and that was probably towards the end of all of our planting, that we ever felt comfortable that we was really doing the right thing. So, mm-hmm. you know, it was always on that teetering edge uh, after a wet period, and, uh, and you know, we just had to go. So, you know, we do have some compaction issues a little bit where it might have been a little wet, but we need to get it in the ground. Well, how does it look overall, though, considering what it's gone through? After this rain this week, you know, it solved a lot of them problems. You know, the last w- week we've had here a so- show site about an inch and a quarter, so that's helped out a bunch. But, uh, but you know, it's about knee-high, you know, 10, 10 12 collar. Uh, you know, it looks good, good color. Uh, nitrogen's all on. Um, the parking lots, we've luckily got the r- rain this last weekend because it was laying in very dry dirt. You know, so it'll be germinating now. So, yeah, we're much better shaped than we was a month ago, but but uh, still a long way to go. You, like some others, found yourself in this interesting situation where everything is so wet and so behind. 
but actually needed some rain here for you know a time or two to get things up. Yeah, even our later planted corn, you know, it, by the time we was that last window, you know, it was it was dry on top. You know, our subsoil was still very adequate. You know, but to get it germinated because that was that fine line. You know, we still had rain forecasted, hoping. But how deep to put it, you know, to where, you know, so because we didn't want to crust it in either with a big rain. So, you know, it, it was it was a challenging year all the way around and then one I would never, ever like to go through again. Blake Miller, Syngenta Agronomy Service Representative here in Illinois. Blake, I can only imagine some of the phone calls you have received and conversations you've had with farmers this year. Yeah, it's been really interesting, Mike. We a lot of things have been around adapting whether that's nitrogen switches from ammonia to UAN and, and now the UAN and the, the pre-corn herbicide are going out. And, and, and unfortunately, that's a less efficient operation, right? So there's a lot of pressure to stay ahead of the grower. And, and then the other piece, I think, that, that was it's been big is, oh, uh, the field was planted and the herbicides weren't applied. Now what? And, and that caused you to adapt, change the game plan, if you will. Those have probably been the, the dominant calls. Um, cup concerns forward, you know, because of some of these uh, game plan changes, are we doing the best thing we can for resistance management? Um, the two weeds in, in my mind every day are mare's tail. I have pictures on my phone of 26-inch mare's tail that were not terminated prior to planting. Now what? And then obviously the water hemp piece. So I, I think I think through all this, we need to uh, we need to really concentrate on, especially with the water hemp piece and the resistance that's, that's building, is a zero return to the seed bank type of philosophy. Even in some of these prevent plant acres that we were discussing before the show started, somehow we need to manage through that whole process. Yeah, because, you know, if we talked a lot about not being able to plant on time this year, but they could, farmers just couldn't even spray in many cases. It's very limited. And the concern has been not only for the weeds this year, but what kind of seed bank has been built up for future pressure. Absolutely. And, and I think when you get into those large weed scenarios, the likelihood of turning that weed is low. So then you have a weed that's probably going to produce seed that was exposed to sites of action. They've lived through that. And we've already started that selection process and evolution towards resistance, right? I mean, I'm not trying to be <laughs> the grim reaper here, but that's just a reality I think we need to deal with and think through. So those are challenges because typically in Central Illinois, we're very good about two-pass weed control programs. That two-pass has gone to one. We've elevated rates, used multiple effective sites of action, like with the Acuron you mentioned earlier. However, we're putting that under a lot of stress as the crop canopy is behind. You have you know, sunlight, you have exposure to the soil to germinate. Can we cross the finish line and still have clean fields? And I think that's something we need to monitor. We all tend to compare this year with normal years, what's happened in the past. Well, this is not a normal year, right? So you can't always do that. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think everybody's trying to do the best thing they can to uh, to ensure that we have the best efficacy out there possible and, and still practice resistance management. You know, the space we head into now with the soybeans, there's a lot of, of post-corn and soybeans to spray. We have the the dicamba parameters we can discuss that maybe later if you want to go into that but how do we get all this work done timely before we exceed label limits for crops or regulatory limits in that space for example yeah we've got lots to talk about that's for sure meanwhile matt uh, given the slow start everything is still full speed ahead though for the show at the end of august right absolutely uh, you know the the 
despite the economy, you know, the, the way that, that, that the show is brand new every year always amazes me with, with the, the shuffle on the exhibit field, with the mergers and all the things that have changed and, you know, Syngenta's Golden Harvest making a comeback to, to the Decatur show. Um, you know, really excited about that and all the construction going on. All right, so we are in Decatur, Illinois at the Farm Progress Show site, looking ahead to this year's Farm Progress Show, August 27th through the 29th, and looking at uh, crop conditions and the challenges uh, throughout uh, Illinois this year, especially in central Illinois. We'll talk more about that when we come back. Also, a little later, we're going to talk with Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association, talk some trade issues. All that coming up on today's show here on AOA. Stay with us. Soybean growers are going all in on Ingenia herbicide. Now BASF is going all in on Ingenia growers. We're so confident in the performance of this solution, we're now backing it with the Ingenia herbicide weed control guarantee so you can have true peace of mind. And you can tap into our expanded Grow Smart Rewards program and get cash back. Go all in today at IngeniaHerbicide.com. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. Recently on Adams on Agriculture. So we just talked with Nick Giordano with the National Pork Producers Council. Obviously, they are ecstatic that the uh, metal tariffs on Canada and Mexico have been lifted. We can talk about that as well with Colin Woodall for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Colin, this was looked at as a, a must-have to get USMCA moving forward, and I know you at NCBA are happy to have uh, those tariffs lifted. We're extremely happy to see these tariffs lifted. Now, we're in a little bit different shape from our friends in the pork industry because they were really getting hammered with the tariffs. But we were also, though, however, really pushing to try to get these tariffs taken down because we knew if we wanted to have a chance of getting a vote on USMCA, the tariffs were going to have to be a part of this deal. So the fact that this is done uh, earlier is, I think, going to be overall very beneficial to uh, the process of getting a vote and finally passing USMCA and putting this chapter behind us. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Let's talk about how to really cook. First, you can't tell it's done by how it looks. Use a food thermometer. Then, always stir, rotate the dish, and cover food when microwaving to prevent cold spots where bacteria can survive. Fast cooking should still be safe cooking. And bring sauces, soups, and gravies to a rolling boil when reheating. Even for the most experienced cooks, the improper heating and preparation of food means bacteria can survive. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Have you written a book and want to get it published? Then call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 immediately. That's 800-955-4538. Page Publishing is looking for authors of all types of books. And unlike most publishers, Page Publishing will take the time to review each and every book submitted to them and give you their feedback. If they like what they read, they'll get your book into bookstores and for sale online at Amazon, the Apple iTunes Store, Barnes & Noble, and other outlets. They handle everything. Editing, cover design, copyright protection, printing, publicity, 
publicity and distribution. So if you've written a novel, children's book, cookbook, inspirational work, poetry, or a biography and want to get it published, then you need to call Page Publishing and do it immediately. Call 800-955-4538 now for your free author submission kit. Again, for your free author submission kit, call 800-955-4538. That's 800-955-4538. Your road to fame and fortune could very well start with this simple phone call. Call Page Publishing at 800-955-4538 for your free author submission kit. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. And welcome back. We are in Decatur, Illinois at the Farm Progress Show site, getting an update not only on the Farm Progress Show coming up August 27th through the 29th, but just field and crop conditions here uh, throughout central Illinois. I'm joined by show director Matt Youngman, host farmer David Bricks, and Syngenta Agronomy Service representative here in Illinois, Blake Miller. So we've been talking about, uh, you know, the challenges of this spring um, Blake, you were telling us earlier, you've, you're working with a lot of farmers that just had to take prevent plant. They didn't want to, but they really, it just came down to, they just didn't have a choice. Yeah, it seems to be, you know, luckily for Central Illinois, it's not an enormous amount of acres, but, you know, we were kind of talking about that in one conversation I recall yesterday evening, the pain of doing that, a bit of embarrassment. I couldn't, I couldn't move through the process. And, but at the end of the day, it's an economics decision. You know, you get in some of these acres that are on transitional soils. We're here on the prairie today. That's a whole different play than it is in, in, in these soils. And they chose the, the economic side. The financial situation was in favor of choosing prevent plants. So the direction they went in. David, that's a decision in central Illinois that the most farmers don't have to even consider. But uh, this is not a normal year, as we said no, earlier. Yeah, we... You know, it was it was a learning curve for everybody. I mean, you can call your insurance agent, our local here, and and they struggle with the knowledge. You know, so then it was a matter of 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 calls and and meetings and everything else to be like, okay, now what is the actual rules for this? Because you know, it's never really ever been addressed. And Matt, uh, you're from over in Western Illinois, and you you've certainly seen a lot of this, and the, these decisions have been tough ones. Yeah, and and it's it, it just you know it's kind of a constant. It was con- it was a constantly evolving decision processing, you know, because it, it depended on where the rain was heaviest, and could you get there, and could you get to this county because you know we got to get this county planted first, and and you know it, it we ended up taking a little bit of everything i mean we got it all we got most of it in once but we did have you know more than 20 acres in a county and so we've got some prevent plant and and you know it's kind of kind of like blake was saying it's it's a it's a it's a tough thing to swallow that you just have to throw up your arms and say that we're just not going to get this done and you know doing some decorative planting so that the neighbors think we did a good job and and you know all that stuff enters in as you go along so blake now we have a crop that's behind We, we hope to catch up but uh, so far, the conditions haven't really lent themselves to that. But it's going to be a race now to see what we get this year. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, since the field yesterday and the beans were struggling, and I, I think we we have to step back and be cognizant of where we're at in time. You know, the crop calendar date we should be advanced, right? What's what? You know, what could be happening to a more mature crop now could be happening to this crop. One, when you think about diseases. So we need to be keenly aware of that from that standpoint. We also need to be aware that the temperatures have just slowed. The, the, the impairment 
of, of the metabolic engine. The, the weeds aren't growing right, neither is the crop. You'll have situations where the herbicides aren't taken into the, the weeds timely or as quickly as you would want to see that happen. And so we just need to ha exercise a little patience, yet be diligent in scouting to ensure that we're terminating weeds, for example. So you probably have farmers saying, why aren't the weeds dying? Right? Exactly. We, uh, last week started the calls. Uh, I've, I've sprayed my herbicide. It's been five to seven days. I get these pictures. Uh, they should be turning white with some of our active ingredients like Halix, Acura, and all that. And they're not. And it's, hey, think about this a minute. We need the metabolic rate up. Photosynthesis is occurring rapidly. You know, the, the, the engine operating at optimal RPMs for the sites of action to work appropriately. So I still think we're going to get efficacy, but patience is, is something we need to exercise. The last thing you want to do is introduce a, 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 another cost in the field that may not do any good if the plant's kind of barred, if you will, from taking up anything else. Mm -hmm. All right, Matt, David, you're wanting to harvest uh, during three days at the end of August. <laughs> How's that going to work? I don't know. David, you want to take that one? <laughs> Mother Nature will help us out a bunch on that, you know. Our hands are, you know, are tied. We're done. We did we did that job. You know, now it's pretty well, you know, not up to us. So uh, as far as, you know, rainfall, we're, we're still headed down that right path to help us. Uh, temperature has been a little bit on the downside, but, you know, I did look at the forecast and, and, and I did see a glimpse of a nine uh, next weekend, so so that would be that would be tremendous, you know, because we haven't hit that at all yet, uh, not even in a heat index, I don't think. So, you know, so that that's what we need to uh, advance that along. Finding those shorter season numbers that became a challenge. It became in big demand, didn't it? it? Yeah, you know, and hats off to FS because you know as soon as we made we made the plan C decision they they had it here in time and and you know I kind of got I got the text within probably 24 hours of our meeting that they had it and it was at it was at the different farmers uh, sheds and 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 ready to roll and you know we, we planted what 80 80 and 85 day corn 86 on majority of it, and then some of it was 75, I believe. 70, so 75 to 86 day is yep. the range of it. So if we get if we get normal heat units through the summer, which we're not, you know, this week would not indicate the pace for that thing. But if you know, there's there's still plenty of time. Um, you know, the 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 target is to black layer about the 20, if you 15th, 20th of August, so that we're so that we're drying down a point a day as we lead into the show there, and and able to get in and tune up, warm up on some fields ahead of the show, and and have have as you know, it's it's not going to be 14 foot tall corn. That's for darn sure. It's it's going to be kind of cute little stuff, but but we'll be able to run demos on it. You know, I was just thinking about this driving over here today. End of August isn't that far. No. I mean, <laughs> everything seems. The time frame for everything seems off this year. Yeah, it, you know, we're even, you know, our our calves that our kids are going to show. You know, we normally we're we've been working on them, but it just doesn't feel like that time. It it, it feels like April. It doesn't feel like June. Blake Miller, you you cover and talk with people, all, farmers all around the state of Illinois, and conditions vary. I mean, everyone's behind, but the, there's some really drastic areas that some the flooding that's still going on to some areas that the things for this year don't look too bad. Yeah, we, uh, I've been uh, various areas in the state, even outside of central Illinois. We mentioned, you know, you get down south of Jacksonville, there's some really good-looking crop that must have been put in early. Uh, and, and there are sprinklings of that throughout the central Illinois geography. And then you have those areas in, in the Mississippi River bottom, even the Illinois River bottom, that, you know, they were – 
in early they're destroyed and you know the the rivers just aren't receding and so you know i it, it is a mixed bag from that perspective i think there's uh quite a bit of hope in this early crop there were some early beans planted some of these fields really look stellar considering the year right i mean from that perspective so i i think there there's still some some reason to hope and we hope we get some push in the grain market and these guys can take those opportunities going into 2020 marketing. But if you look at those, some of these fields from above, some pretty big wet spots out there. Yeah, I, I doubt if we have a perfect 80-acre field anywhere. <laughs> and, 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 you know, I think that what's going to deteriorate the outcome in bushels then is going to be how many of these pockets are in these fields that detracted away from your yield goals. And, and those will those will be more than we want when the combine rolls through there for sure yeah we uh you know we have been real fortunate you know i think we said that back in your last time here that we we didn't hit them big rains and you know we just got a lot of constant steady ones we stayed wet but you know we was fortunate on that side you know on a normal year uh it's ironic you know normal year this this week uh, we're normally tasseling on this early corn so that that is you know our where we're at compared to with this normal early corn is mid-June here, you know, we're tasseling. So, so yeah, it uh, it does have a, a long way to go. But, uh, uh, you know, like Blake said, it you know, it, areas are better than others, you know, and we, we feel for those ones who are, are, are still way behind, even farther than we are. I, I was in – I flew home from Syracuse, New York yesterday. There was a funeral. Our New York farm show manager, Scott Greger's wife, passed away. So I was at, at, at her funeral. So there I'm talking to farmers around – uh, New York, uh, Farm Science Review in London, Ohio, those guys were there. Um, and I've, I've been talking to my our host farmers in Grand Island, Nebraska. And, and you know, the funny thing about this is it is it is widespread. You know, it, th- this problem goes from Syracuse, New York, to Grand Island, Nebraska. And as far as I know, it is all points in between. And it's kind of surprising that the market hasn't hasn't picked up on that better than it, than it has. Blake, uh, final thoughts, weed control moving forward. What are you, what are you telling farmers? Yeah, I just I have a lot of passion around this soybean acre, especially relative to water hemp. Please, please get an overlapping residual in, especially if you're in the whether whether that's an enlist trait, extend trait, liberty trait. Let's let's control the water hemp moving forward, and I think that's going to be critical. There's going to be some reluctance, right, from an economic side to spend any more money than necessary, but we know we can't control this the that pest in general with one side of action. So. Make sure that happens. That's Blake Miller. He is Syngenta Agronomy Service Representative here in Illinois. Our Farm Progress Show preview series brought to you by Acuron Corn Herbicide from Syngenta. Upgrade your herbicide to Acuron. Always read and follow all label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. More on the Farm Progress Show a little bit later on, but next we're going to talk beef trade with Kent Backus with NCBA. Stay with us on AOA. Soybean growers are going all in on Ingenia Herbicide. Now BASF is going all in on Ingenia Growers. We're so confident in the performance of this solution, we're now backing it with the Ingenia Herbicide Weed Control Guarantee so you can have true peace of mind. And you can tap into our expanded Grow Smart Rewards program and get cash back. Go all in today at IngeniaHerbicide.com. Grow smart with BASF. Always read and follow label directions. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture 
coming right up. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. We're excited to explore the topics that make a difference to agriculture. The Farm Bill, immigration reform, reducing regulations, trade, new technology, as well as infrastructure and health care. Through the year, Adams on Agriculture will originate on location from several major national meetings and events. Subscribe to the show's podcast at AmericanAgNetwork.com. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture from the American Ag Network. Want to reduce your risk of heart disease, diabetes, and stroke? Simple. Eat right. This is registered dietitian nutritionist Melissa Dobbins. A healthy diet can mean a healthier you. So eat a variety of proteins each week. Seafood, lean meat, poultry, beans, and nuts. Fill half your plate with fruits and vegetables at every meal. Choose foods that are lower in calories, fat, and sodium. Limit your alcohol and maintain a healthy weight. Let a registered dietitian nutritionist help you achieve your goals. Find one near you at eatright.org. Time now for a market check here on Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. Yesterday's crop report appearing to show that roughly 6 to 8 million acres of corn will not be planted this year. Traders think that corn futures may have found a top in the near term, leading to some profit-taking. We've got minus signs in early activity on this Tuesday. 8% of the U.S. corn crop still not planted as of Sunday. For soybeans, 77% of the crop planted as of Sunday. Up 17 points from a week ago, but still 16 points behind the five-year average. The weather forecast again calling for wet conditions through the next seven days across the Midwest, especially in southern and eastern areas. July soybeans punched through resistance at 9.13 and a quarter. To the upside, a major bullish chart objective lies at 9.20 and a quarter. We've touched it but backed off an hour into the day, 9.15 and three quarters, up three. November soybeans, 9.42 and a quarter, up two and three quarters. July corn down a penny at 4.53 and three quarters. December down two and a half at 4.66. Chicago wheat July down a nickel at 5.34 and a quarter. Kansas City wheat July down eight and three quarters, 4.66 and three quarters. Minneapolis spring wheat July down three quarters of a cent at 5.59 and a half. September new crop at 5.66 and a half down a quarter of a cent. For livestock at the Merck and live cattle, the August contract is up 45 at 106.07. August feeder cattle, 80 cents higher, 137.72. Cash cattle country has been quiet so far on the trading week. Lean hog futures, July contract down 12, 82.92. The back months, 55 to a dollar higher. Outside markets on Wall Street, the Dow up 288 points. S&P up 32. July crude oil up a buck 29. You're listening to Adams on Agriculture. I'm Rusty Halverson from the American Ag Network. My mom's a breast cancer survivor. The United Breast Cancer Foundation saved her life. Their free breast cancer exam caught the cancer early, and it saved her life. But now the foundation needs your help so they can continue offering free or low-cost breast screening exams, saving more women's lives. Help them by donating your car, whether it's running or not. They'll provide fast, free 24-hour pickup, and you receive a charitable tax deduction, plus the great feeling you'll get knowing your donated car is going to help save more lives. Just call 800-745-3327 to set the wheels in motion. They take cars, trucks, vans, and SUVs, running or not. 
Call 800-745-3327. The United Breast Cancer Foundation needs your help, and your donation could literally save women's lives, helping them catch breast cancer early like they did with my mom. Donate today. 800-745-3327. 800-745-3327. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now back to Mike Adams. All right, again, broadcasting today for the Farm Progress Show side in Decatur, Illinois. We'll have more on the Farm Progress Show a little bit later on and talk more about crop conditions uh, throughout Illinois. But uh, right now I want to talk about beef trade. Joining us is Kent Backus, Senior Director of International Trade for the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Kent, thanks for joining us. Uh, bring us up to date on where we're at with the European Union. Now, they're going to, they're going to accept more U.S. beef, right? But what are the details on this? <laughs> well, Mike, that's the, that's the big question is, uh, uh, yes, we've seen the plans and we've seen this announcement come out, but this is not implemented, and I think that's important for everyone to remember that we can't uh, start popping champagne bottles just yet because uh, you know, the, the good news is is that the, the Europeans have agreed to a, a U.S.-specific quota of 35,000 metric tons. But the concern is whether it will actually be implemented and when. Uh, if, you look at, if you look at some of the issues we've had with the Europeans, a lot of times they'll make these announcements and kind of roll it out as if the solutions have, have all been resolved. And that, uh, and that we're, you know, we're the, the good times are here, and it's time to celebrate. But it's the implementation part that takes a while. There's still some internal processes within the EU that'll have to that'll have to unfold before our producers can actually see the benefits. But let's look at those terms of what what has been negotiated. So keep in mind, we originally had uh, duty-free access to 45,000 metric tons. Uh, beef from non-hormone treated cattle. So this was a this was a, a, a temporary compromise, uh, uh, so that we would suspend our uh, WTO sanctioned retaliatory tariffs uh, against the EU in exchange for this duty free quota, uh, and it was specified for NHTC beef. Uh, that 45,000 metric tons was opened to other. Uh, other countries that weren't part of the original WTO hormone case that authorized this. And I know I'm getting into the weeds here, but this was designed originally in 2009 for the United States and to another extent Canada. Uh, the EU allowed the Australians, Uruguay, and Argentina to to start selling under that quota. This This new quota that has been established, this is a subset of that 45,000 metric tons. So now 35,000 metric tons will be U.S. specific. It's U.S. only. Uh, so that's a good thing. That means that you know we will we will have access to that 35,000 metric tons duty free. It's still a, a non-hormone treated uh, product. So uh, that means that uh, you know for producers who want to uh, sell in that EU market, they'll at least have uh, a guaranteed uh, a guaranteed a market share of 35,000 metric tons to compete for. Uh, but, you know, the devil's in the details on this. We, we, we really need to see how it's going to be implemented and, and if the EU is going to, to actually live up to the terms of the agreement. The problem is is that the, the EU has proven time and time again that 
they kind of pick and choose when uh, they want to uh, abide by terms, whether it's through WTO agreements or uh, uh, you know just through other market access uh, things they negotiate. So uh, we're we're very supportive of this step forward. We think it's a, a, a it's a nice step forward. It's certainly welcome news, but we can't celebrate just yet. It still has to be implemented, and that could take a few months. You know, with all the talk about getting some kind of a trade deal at some point done with the EU, this reminds us how difficult that still will be. And there's still that hormone issue on beef that uh, is going to be a huge barrier toward, you know, in getting a big deal done with the EU, right? That's exactly right. I mean, the EU is entrenched in this view that hormones are terrible and that, uh, you know, they're not going to allow this. It's driven by uh, it's driven by you know certain interests within the European Union. They want to apply the same restrictions uh, to all importing countries and, and to whether it's the United States or anyone else. Uh, and the problem is is that these are non-science based trade barriers. There's no scientific evidence to support or justify what they're doing. And it's not just hormones. They have the same views on beta agonists. They have very restrictive policies on the use of antibiotics. And, Mike, you know, that's, that's an even bigger concern, is that the EU just passed legislation uh, that now will authorize them to start delisting certain antibiotics uh, and not really having scientific justifications to do so. But uh, they're doing this in the name of antimicrobial resistance. But the problem is, is they're not using science to justify these restrictions, which means that they can look at markets like ours, where we use certain uh, antibiotics, and they can start to pick and choose which ones they want to ban. Well, that means that bureaucrats in Brussels are now going to tell veterinarians uh, on the farm in the United States what compounds they can and can't use. If we were going to do business with the EU, then we have to have science as a basis of trade. But the problem is that the EU wants to apply all of these restrictions, whether it's uh, antibiotics, hormones, beta agonists, they would apply all of those uh, to the United States, and none of them are justified with science. And, and that just that puts us at a tremendous disadvantage. It doesn't help our producers. It certainly doesn't help consumers either. And so these are real concerns. And it's just these two fundamental differences in the views of trade. And so it's going to be very difficult to negotiate with the European Union. This agreement gives us some temporary relief. This is not a permanent solution. It's not designed to do that. It's supposed to be a stepping stone towards a broader trade agreement that will give us full and open access to the European market. Yeah, that's going to be a heavy lift to get a big deal done there. But as you said, this at least hopefully is going to be a step in the right direction, but we wait for the details. We're talking with Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Meanwhile, Kent, uh, we're starting to see the... Hopefully, some momentum picking up towards passage of USMCA. Uh, obviously, this is a, a huge deal for the beef industry, and uh, you're pushing hard to get it passed. Yeah, USMCA, the, the NAFTA 2.0, whatever you want to call it, uh, it is a top priority for us at NCBA. Uh, and, and quite frankly, it's because we want to continue uh, the success we've had under NAFTA. You know, under NAFTA, we've had duty free access. Uh, no tariffs, no quotas, uh, no uh, non-scientific restrictions like we would face in the EU. Really, it's a, it's a perfect formula to allow us to capitalize on market demand. And because of that, we developed a very loyal uh, following in both Mexico and Canada. We don't want to jeopardize that by any means. 
the USMCA brings NAFTA into the 21st century. It addresses a lot of uh, a lot of areas that were were not even uh, around uh, when NAFTA was negotiated uh, before. So this is a, this is an improvement on NAFTA. I think it's something everybody can get behind. But the timing is key here, Mike, and the, the reason why is that we're we're already getting into that political election uh, cycle. We are have one, like 25-plus people running on the Democrat side for the presidential ticket. Uh, you're going to see more and more and more uh, the focus on the presidential election. And when that happens, it kind of sucks all the oxygen out of the room and it stalls any momentum we would have uh, with Capitol Hill. Trade agreements are not easy to pass. They usually pass by a handful of votes and not by these wide margins. And so given the fact that we have a divided Congress and we're going into – a, uh, a presidential election cycle. We have got to move this thing this year. Uh, it's going to be very difficult to move it next year. So this will continue to be a big focus uh, for us in the ag industry. And I encourage everyone that if you haven't contacted your member of Congress and your senators, you need to. And you need to tell them why this USMCA is important and why we need to get it done now. This is not something we can put on the back burner and come back to later. Because if we can't move USMCA this year, it's going to be tough to move anything else. And keep in mind, we still have trade agreements with Japan and other markets that we need to bring to the forefront. And, and Congress can only do a few things at a time, as we've seen. So we need them to focus on getting this done. Let's get this train out of the station. Let's get this over the finish line, and let's move on to agreements, especially some of these Asian markets like Japan. A lot of layers to a deal like USMCA. You mentioned the political aspect. That's huge. Uh, you've got labor issues, environmental issues, because you just have some people looking for a reason not to vote for it. Well, that's true. And there's, there's some people who will always oppose trade agreements. That's just what, that's what they do. Uh, but when you look at the labor and environment provisions in the USMCA, I mean, quite frankly, this is, this is a, uh, one of the most progressive chapters we've ever seen, uh, especially on, on, on labor and environment. I mean, this is even stronger than than things that were negotiated by President Obama under TPP. And so this, uh, this is everything the labor unions could really want and more. There's strong enforcement mechanisms. There's strong uh, environmental provisions, too, to bring the, uh, bring the uh, standards in Mexico up to U.S. standards. Uh, this is, this is a, uh, a truly modern agreement. It addresses a lot of those issues. And it's something that, that everyone should be behind. But you're going to have naysayers and, and because it's President Trump. Uh, and, and we're getting into that political, that political cycle, and this is a massive victory for the president. And uh, certain political opponents of his certainly understand that. This would be a huge economic boon for the United States. And so because of that, uh, you know, they, they don't just want to hand him a victory. But it also, they know how important this is for the president, so this is a time to use that leverage to try to move other legislative priorities. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, but that's why we need to continue to apply pressure on our members of Congress and on our senators so they realize that now is not the time to leverage your support for other things. We need you to support USMCA. We need to get this over the line. Uh, because if we have 535 members of Congress each getting their own little opinion and trying to move their own little pet projects through in exchange for support on USMCA, we'll never get this thing done. Right. Uh, this is about the country. This is about uh, putting the uh, American economy first and about moving this forward. We have to put the politics aside and get this done. All right. Thank you, Kent. Good to talk with you.
Thank you very much. Kent Backus with the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. Stay with us. You're listening to AOA. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Don't go away. More Adams on Agriculture coming right up. 180 over 111, and I had a stroke. When I woke up, I couldn't speak or walk. 145 over 92, and then I had a heart attack. 182 over 100, and I had a heart attack and a cardiac arrest, and then a stroke. Everything changed. It felt like my life was over. This is what high blood pressure sounds like. You might not feel its symptoms, but the results from a heart attack or stroke are far from invisible or silent. 150 over 90, and I had a stroke. If I would have followed a treatment plan, I would not be in this situation. 180 over 110, and I had a stroke. And I'm 33, so I never see this coming. If you've come off your treatment plan, get back on it. Or talk with your doctor to create an exercise, diet, and medication plan that works for you. Go to loweryourhbp.org. I had to tell everything's changed. I had to tell. Brought to you by the American Heart Association, American Medical Association, and the Ad Council. No word in the English language is less convincing than probably. Are you sure we should get matching tattoos on our first date? Sure. Um, we'll probably stay together. Probably? <laughs> it's been 23 minutes since I ate. I can probably swim. Uh, you should wait 30 minutes. Mm, okay, now tell me what to do. Cannonball! Cramp! Oh, I have a cramp. I can probably hit the green from here. Probably. Can I get a mulligan? Ready to go? Hey, are you sure you're okay to drive? Yeah, I'm pretty sober. Yeah, I'm probably okay. Probably okay isn't okay, especially when it comes to drinking and driving. If you're drinking, call a cab, a car, or a friend. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A message brought to you by NHTSA and the Ad Council. Recently on Adams on Agriculture, talking with Maggie Elowani with the National Rural Health Association. Maggie, you talked about the number of rural hospitals closing. Are we also seeing uh, mergers, takeovers uh, happening uh, within the uh, rural hospital system as well? We certainly are, and there's been an increase in mergers, and, and some of those have been very positive. They've helped some small rural providers with the cash flow they need to keep their doors open. Others, and this is really frustrating, have purchased some of these facilities only to close them a short time afterwards. So simply being bought out and merging with another facility doesn't mean that we're going to be able to ensure access to care in those rural communities. So we really need kind of a long-term strategy of really thinking about why these hospitals are closing and what we need to do to change them. And it's because there have been so many different cuts that have occurred to these hospitals. For the information important to rural America, join us on Adams on Agriculture. Hi, I'm Greg Peterson of the Peterson Farm Brothers. If you've seen our videos, you know we're proud to be farmers. Farming can be dangerous. Never assume location or depth of underground utilities or pipelines. Before you start any work on your farm, call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com to have underground lines located. It only takes a minute and can save your life. Never assume the location or depth of underground lines. Always call 811 or visit clickbeforeyoudig.com before you start work. A message from the Pipeline Operators for Ag Safety Campaign. You're going to need me. 
you're going to need us. All of us. You're going to need our technical skills. Our math. Our engineering skills. You're going to need our help with your water. Your air. Your food. You're going to need our organizational skills. Our problem-solving skills. You're going to need our determination. Our honesty. Our compassion. You're going to need the next generation of leaders to face the challenges the future will bring. And we promise, we'll be there when you need us. Today, 4-H is growing the next generation of leaders. Support us at 4-H.org. Hi, I'm George Foreman. Do you have an idea for a new product or invention? People ask me all the time, George, how do I get my idea in front of companies? How do I get a patent? What do I do next? Do you have the same questions? I'll tell you like I'll tell them all. Call my friends at InventHelp. To get your free inventor's information, call 1-800-352-0432. That's 1-800-352-0432. I believe every inventor deserves the opportunity to step into the ring and take their best shot. Put InventHelp in your corner. You're listening to AOA, Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. You can rely on us for the latest farm and ranch news from around the world. Information America's farmers and ranchers need to know. Adams on Agriculture. Now, back to Mike Adams. Welcome back. We are in Decatur, Illinois at the Farm Progress Show site. Our Farm Progress Show preview series brought to you by Acuron Corn Herbicide from Syngenta. Upgrade your herbicide to Acuron. Always read and follow all label instructions. Acuron is a restricted-use pesticide. I'm joined by show director Matt Youngman, host farmer David Bricks, and Syngenta agronomy service rep here in Illinois, Blake Miller. All right. August 27th, 28th, and 29th will be the show here in Decatur. Matt Youngman, you tell me some people are going to get paid to come. Is that right? Yeah, we just we just got the got, got this program put together yesterday, so I'm I'm pretty excited to to have breaking news on your show, Mike. We're gonna everybody that comes to the show gets a hundred dollars. Um, you're the the wristband when you when you go through the the admission process, you get a wristband. You take that wristband to Titan Tire, and they're going to give you they're going to trade you a certificate that is good for $100, and it's $100 off any tire that, that Titan, Titan Goodyear makes. So it's uh, farm tires. So it's your tractor, irrigation pivots, um, ATV tires, you know, skid steer tires, anything for your, any tire for your farm, it's $100 off. And, and this is good. This is a program that's good here at the Farm Progress Show as well as Husker Harvest Day. So we kind of did the package for, for all of our shows. And, and from the standpoint that the ag economy is tight right now, and people are maybe hanging on to equipment, not trading quite as often. So maybe the demand for tires is up a little bit. And so Titan saw this as a great opportunity to partner with us to pay everybody $100 to come to the come to the show. So we're, we're really excited. Just before that, uh, well, it always happens at Farm Progress Show that, you know, some new things are revealed. But uh, especially this year, you got, you got some, you'll have some big announcements this year. Yeah, it, it really, really exciting. And, and it's it's kind of one of those deals where I can't necessarily talk. I can only talk about half of the things that, 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 I've, that I've been told about. But you're going to have, you know, major equipment companies changing the color of paint of a, of a line of tractors. And you're going to have the new AFS Connect tractor from Case being in the field for the first time. Um, you know, some very exciting things coming from Kloss. You've got the, the high horsepower row crop tractor from Kubota. 
uh, new lineup of tractors from Versatile. Um, you know, the the Fent family on the Agco lot is growing this year, and and just one after the next. There's just there's there's new things coming, which is, you know, that in that in addition to figuring out what do all these mergers mean to my farm. You know, figuring out where where all these people are and and the products I used to buy are now sold by a different company, and and sorting all that out. You know, people ask me what's new at the show. Unfortunately, it's not up to me to make things new at the show. The exhibitors take care of that for us. It's going to be really exciting to 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 have all this new activity going on. David Bricks, something that will be new at the show will be shorter corn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I guess it depends on the weather. You know, if, if you have a little bit cooler, you know, more conducive to northern northern climates where this corn's from, you know, it'll still it'll do a lot better than it will if we if we bake here, you know. Uh, yeah, it won't be very tall. You know, it'd be like going out to your garden in, in the in the sweet corn patch. But uh, um, uh, yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting. See, right now, you know, it's it's fair, it's growing fairly tall. So from you know, it, it, you can't tell that stunning ability at all at this point in time. It looks good because as we've talked about, and as farmers can relate to, if they've been able to get to their fields, even what was planted was not planted in optimum conditions or in the way you would like to do it. Absolutely not. It was it was. It was so disheartening every night to go, you know, to lay down in bed whenever that finally was and think, man, was that, well, should I have been doing that? You know, and, 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 you know, even when you're out there riding that tractor, you know, it's usually an exciting time, but it's just, you just, your emotion is just horrible because you're like, I, I should be parked, you know, <laughs> why am I doing this? And Blake Miller, as we talked about earlier, the weed challenges and the challenges that are going to be through the rest of this growing year, unlike probably anything we've seen. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've we've covered most of that area earlier. I think I think that last function is you know as growers start to look at those fields we talked about earlier that may pass a litmus test to invest in. You know, unfortunately, this crop will see disease earlier in its life cycle potentially. Right, the triangle has to come together, and and so in those fields that an individual is labeled. Uh, that, that meets the checklist, they need to think about how do I manage for maximum bushel on, bushels on those acres. And I know that won't be all the acres, right? Guys are going to make decisions, gals, uh, from that perspective. But that that's the thing to be aware of now, especially these cool, wet, damp conditions that we're in. You got. You just have to try to maximize what you have at ab- this point, ab- right? Absolutely. You're gonna you're gonna you're gonna maximize those areas. That 60 acres of that 80 we referenced earlier to the best of the ability within within budgetary constraints, right? And I think that's the path we'll go down. And again, uh, I'm sure they are. But farmers be talking with uh, their company reps to talk about okay what's the best plan moving forward whether it's weed control or whatever they're going to have to it's going to take a team effort here i I think that's right and and matt referenced uh earlier and most of those people are really well versed and can talk through hey this this cornfield wasn't planted in appropriate nature you know how do i de-stress this plant help it maximize the roots are impaired so on and so forth and we rely on them you know we train that retail segment to provide information to gentlemen like david and, and have a high trust level they can do that so they're going to be that trusted advisor is going to be imperative now moving forward more than ever because that question is going to be i look out there why isn't my why isn't your product working the way it should be working it, right exactly and we have to we talked about this earlier we have to remember this temperature segment we've been dealt here and how that's slowed the metabolic rates down both in the crop and the weeds and how all that inter all, all that interaction occurs so 
What a year. Blake Miller, Syngenta Agronomy Service Representative. Blake, we'll, we'll stay in touch with you through this growing season. Thank you very much. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. David Bricks, host farmer here at the Farm Progress Show site. Well, you got a smile on your face. All you can do is smile, right, and keep yeah. going. Yeah, it's, I mean, you know, like we talked about it, you know, you think you take that big sigh of breath that, you know, we're planted, you know, oh, great. It is long from over, you know. It's that trickle-down effect like we talked about last month. You know, it's going to con- – we are not going to be a, a deep breath until right. – Whatever that is, November, December, January, till the last crop's in and the last dirt's turned, you know. Just a stressful, stressful year. Thank you much. Matt Youngman, let's do it again next month, and we'll get the band back together and see where we're at then, okay? Sounds great. Thank you, Mike. All right. Farm Progress Show coming up here in Decatur, Illinois, August 27th, 28th, and 29th. Thanks for joining us, and um, stay with us. We'll have more tomorrow right here on AOA Adams on Agriculture. Hi, this is Mike Adams. Thanks for listening to Adams on Agriculture. Join me Monday through Friday for the latest farm and agriculture news from around the world. Do you know how to keep food safe at home? Clean, separate, cook, and chill. The easy lessons of clean, separate, cook, and chill will help you protect your family and be food safe. Wash hands and utensils to avoid spreading bacteria when preparing food. Separate. Use different cutting boards for meat, poultry, seafood, and veggies. Cook. You can't tell it's done by how it looks. Always use a food thermometer. Chill. Keep the fridge at 40 degrees or below to keep bacteria from growing. Food safety risks at home are more common than most people think. The USDA is your partner in being food safe. Clean, separate, cook, and chill. For more information, visit BeFoodSafe.gov or call 1-888-MP-HOTLINE. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council.